helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian Certified Counselor and Award-Winning Psychotherapist. Most people have, for a few minutes or perhaps a little longer, fantasized about going tit-for-tat in revenge when being wronged or being hurt deliberately. Today's show is about the dangers of revenge-seeking. This is a life transformation show, and you are welcome today. My name is Bettina Davomar, and with me in studio is award-winning psychotherapist Michael Hart of Elam Counseling. Welcome, Michael. Thank you very much, Bettina. Uh, it's good to have you here again in studio. The last show I did all by myself. You weren't here, so it's good to have another voice with yes. me in studio today. <laughs> so, so welcome back, and I look forward to this very interesting topic, the danger of revenge seeking. So we're going to be getting into this show, and we're going to be looking at this show as usual from a, a scriptural and a scientific point of view, or I should say a psychological point of view, mm-hmm. and looking at research, looking at uh, biblical passages that talk about the subject. And I think we might be speaking to someone out there today who might be who might have been wronged, who might have been done some grievous mm-hmm. wrong. And maybe it's not to you, maybe it's to someone in your family and you're thinking about revenge. This show today is for you. But it's also uh, for others who are helping people who might be dealing with this impulse to want to take revenge for something that has been done against them. Sometimes I see this in my practice as a clinical psychotherapist where people want to take revenge for things like affairs and they're thinking, you did this to me, I'm going to go and do the same thing to you. Mm. And so it's important for us to to understand some of these principles that we are going to be talking about in this show today. But before we go into the show today, I want to welcome all my listeners who have listened faithfully over the years to this show. I have met many of you, and I also want to welcome you if you have just tuned into the station by chance. Uh, This show is on the air every Monday morning at 9.30 a.m. I also want to tell you how you can get in touch with us. You can find out more about Elam Counseling Services by going to our website at elamcounselingministry.com. You can also call us at one 544 3546. We would be more than delighted to hear from you. We also want to remind you of our upcoming healing retreat that will be on November 8th to the 10th, this year, November 8th to the 10th at Providence Point in Lanark. And yes, Bettina and I will be there. We are part of the ministry team that will be helping you to heal. And as I say that, I realize maybe I need some healing in my voice. My voice, <laughs> my voice sounds like it's going. It's so I think season. it's actually time to go to the time to go to the retreat again to get some <laughs> yes. of that healing. Oh, and so if you'd like to register, then give us a call or go to our website, Elim Counseling Ministry. Elim is spelled E-L-I-M Counseling with two L's, ministry.com to find out more about the retreat 
and to register. So Bettina, this is a very interesting topic today. It sure is, Michael. The dangers of revenge-seeking. And when we came up with this idea for a show, we started to look at biblical passages to say, what exactly does the Bible have to say Mm -hmm. about this subject? And we found a number of interesting passages. The, The first one that comes to mind is Esther 7, verse 10 where we saw that Haman was bent on taking revenge against Mordecai, Mordecai right. because of a perceived insult. Mordecai would not bow to him and salute him as he walked through the street, being this dignitary that he was. Uh, Haman felt insulted. And this feeling of being insulted got such a grip on on Haman that he wanted to destroy Mordecai. And as the story unfolds in the book of Esther, we see Haman constructing a gallow for for Mordecai to have him hanged. And he, and he created this elaborate plan that involved many people to, to, to get Mordecai hanged. But what happened in that story, I think, is very typical of what happened to people who get get obsessed with taking revenge. We see in that story that Mordecai was, not Mordecai, but Haman was hanged on the gallow that he prepared for Mordecai. And I think someone has said that uh, having having resentment and bitterness in your heart towards someone who has wronged you is like drinking poison right. and hoping that that other person will die from it. And so we see Haman literally dying because of the obsession that he had with taking revenge. So as we go through this show today, we're going to be looking at scientific reasons, psychological reasons, what psychological literature has to say about not taking revenge and the dangers of harboring feelings of, of, of uh, revenge in, in your heart. Right. So, Michael, how does revenge work? Like, how does it work in the brain? Uh, and, and at what stage of a person's life does that begin? So there's a research that was just done at the University of Geneva, and researchers found that this impulse for revenge is is deeply rooted in our brain and that it's activated, that the, the, the research shows that there's an area of the brain called the amygdala mm-hmm. that is activated when someone has this strong feeling for revenge. And they say that the stronger that this impulse is, for revenge, it's the more that this area of the brain that is involved in emotional response, it's the more this part of the brain that's activated when someone has this impulse to revenge. And so it actually can be measured and actually can be seen uh, in the lab that people who have this impulse for revenge, there is actually something that's taking place in the brain. And uh, it is shown that revenge, this impulse for revenge, can be 
observed even in toddlers. Even in toddlers as young as two years old, you can see this uh, part of the brain activated when they felt that they have been treated unfairly. Right. <laughs> you know, for toddlers, treated unfairly is someone get a cookie <laughs> that looks bigger than your cookie and that's, that's, that's unfairness. But right. kids will cry mm. and, and, and be uh, in, this, in this frenzy because of this perceived yeah. sense of unfairness. So I think there is something in all of us that we are created, and I think it, it's a God-given uh, impulse yes. to react to to thing to unfairness and to injustice. But I think there are healthy ways to go about that impulse and unhealthy ways. And as we go through the show today, we're going to be looking at some of the healthy ways as well. And so, Michael, we know that the New Testament forbids us taking or seeking revenge. Um, but I'm wondering, is there a scientific, uh, a good scientific reason for us not to seek revenge? Because we see that we could turn the other cheek. We're, we're asked to turn the other cheek. So is there a scientific reason? Freud for- was the first uh, psychologist to say that feelings of revenge, harboring feelings of resentment and bitterness towards someone amplifies the suffering that that person goes through. And so it's it's actually been proven that if you harbor feelings of resentment over something that has been done to you, that it affects your mood, it affects your cognitive functioning, Mm -hmm. and many other areas. And the more you focus on this image, ruminate on this image or this thought as to what have been done to you, the more it affects you. So it not only affects the the mood and the cognitive functioning, but research, researchers are also telling us now that they they see uh, there's a there's distractibility where people are not able to function as they would before at work, but that there is also irritability. There is also sleeplessness that people mm-hmm. will suffer as a result of this feeling of wanting to take revenge. And the more a person's ruminate on this, we're also told that it can affect things like even your blood pressure Mm. can be affected by this feeling of, by ruminating on taking revenge against someone. And we we talked earlier, Bettina, about this story in in Esther uh, about how Haman was consumed and would literally destroy him. But I think that when we, when we harbor feelings of revenge against someone, it's actually destroying us in, in a similar way to how it destroy, uh, destroy Haman. We might not be hanged on the same oh, gallow no. that we prepared for that person, but it's actually damaging our health. Yes. It's affecting our happiness. Mm-hmm. It's affecting our sleep. It's affecting our blood pressure. Mm-hmm. And and heart problems have he even been linked to people who focus on taking 
revenge. And it should be no secret that if you're this person, you know this person on the street that you're they're hyper arose if someone cuts in front mm-hmm. of them on the traffic and so <laughs> they want to drive down that person. Right. Maybe some of you listening is saying, Yes, my husband is like that. Don't say it to him at this point, right? Just say that quietly in your heart. Right. Don't start a fight. But some of you listening is, is thinking, don't say it a lot, but thinking my husband is like that. Mm. Or maybe it's a wife that's yeah. like that. And you're thinking, yes, that's exactly what's happening. Let me say that when you react in these kind of ways, mm. there are literal physiological changes that are taking place in your body that will over time affect your health. So let that person cut in in front of you and let that person go because you are not affecting that person by your rage. You're affecting yourself. Yes, Michael, this is such an important point that you're saying here. And I'm also wondering, Michael, is there hope, though, for those who have been wronged, who have been hurt uh, by an individual who just can't seem to stop renewing what, what, what was that word again? <laughs> Ruminating. Ruminating. <laughs> <laughs> these, these thoughts of revenge. They just need to, to seek revenge, but they want help. Is there hope for them? And what can they do? That's such a good to, question. That's yeah. such a good question, Bettina, because we know about the negative effects that this cause on the brain. But if you are someone that is suffering from that, there are actually things that you can do. And the good thing about this is that as we listen to what psychologists and researchers are now telling us, what we're finding is that it's very similar to what the Bible told us 2,000 years ago, to what Jesus said in the New Testament. And this is what I find as a psychotherapist, I find fantastic and fascinating about the Bible, Mm -hmm. because a lot of what has been uh, put forward as new research Mm -hmm. has been said long ago by Jesus. Yes, the words of Jesus, is they they are not outdated. They are still very relevant to our time. So listen to what the the psychologist has to say. Neuroscientist Olga Kilmecki and and her colleagues observed that if you do good to someone who has wronged you, then this actually deactivates the amygdala Mm -hmm. and, and lessens the impulse in your brain to seek revenge on that person. So in other words, what they're telling us is that a good remedy for lessening this impulse to seek revenge is to do the opposite of what you feel. Do good. Does that sound familiar, Bettina? Does that oh, sound like something we have heard yes. before in the Bible? <laughs> yes. You know, we, we hear the words of Jesus that, yes. that tells us that we are to love our enemies right. and we are to do good to those that hate us and we are mm-hmm. to bless those who curse us and, and we are to pray for those people who mistreat us. Mm-hmm. So what Jesus is telling us is exactly what these psychologists are now, or these researchers are now saying is good. Mm-hmm. And as you do good, then the opposite changes start taking place in your body. Instead of these heightened uh, symptoms that leads to high blood pressure heart problems, uh, irritability, sleeplessness. Mm -hmm. And instead of those things being amplified 
and affecting your health. It, it will reverse the negative health effects and lead to improvement in your health. Mm-hmm. I think this is a good time for us to remind our listeners who might have just joined us that you're listening to the Life Transformation yes. Show. You may be wondering, who is this guy talking <laughs> with this accent on the air? My name is Michael Hart, and I am the, the president of Elim Counseling Services. Mm-hmm. And with me in studio today is Bettina Davilmar. Mm-hmm. And you haven't joined us by chance. I think you were meant to listen to this show today if you're just tuning in. Mm-hmm. And we're discussing the very important topic of the dangers of revenge seeking the dangers of revenge seeking so people sometimes might look at what the bible has to say and say this is not a good thing if i do this the other person is getting away but what we have talked about so far is showing that this is not the case so again Mm -hmm. uh, i'm michael hart of elim counseling services you can get a hold of us by Calling us at one eight seven seven five four four three five four six, or you can go to our website at elimcounselingministry.com. Elim is spelled E L I M counseling with two L's ministry.com. And so we would be happy to hear from you and the feedback that we can get about the show. I know a number of you have also commented on our YouTube page. We have lots of comments that are now going up more and more every day. And we are over 300,000 views on our videos that have just gone up a few months ago. So thank you for, for listening to these podcasts. And we want to remind you that you can help us by donating to our ministry. Donation helps us to keep this podcast on the air and to also see see clients at a subsidized rate. So yes, Bettina, so we were just uh, talking mm. about, where did we leave off here? We were just talking about, about some of what the Bible has to say yeah. that is so uh, way ahead of its time because scientists are now telling us the same thing, mm-hmm. that it's actually good to do good to people who hurt you right it's so in, it's incredible how all of this was in the bible still in the bible still effective but scholars are just coming to 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 see that now the next question i have to ask you michael you know i don't know what about turning the other cheek jesus is telling us to turn the other cheek and it, there might be some listeners here some women who are in abusive <laughs> relationships and they may be thinking, so am I to endure this? Am I to turn the other cheek? So, you know, I'm, I'm just wondering, isn't that unfair? What, what do you have to say about that? How could right, you... That's such a good question, yeah. Melissa, because we read passages like that and we can think that the Bible is outdated when it says turn to the cheek. It's a recipe for people who are suffering from abuse to continue to be doormats for abusive spouse and you know when we just talked earlier about doing good to those who hurt you does this mean that if you're in an abusive relationship you just continue to to do good and uh, let the person continue Mm -hmm. to hurt you Mm -hmm. over and over and over again so let me let me uh, just put on my theological hat for a while because I also have studies in theology been to Bible College. I've graduated from Bible College and I also have a degree in theology as well. So let me put that hat on Mm -hmm. a little and talk about what it really means when the Bible talks about uh, turning the other cheek. What is Jesus trying to to say? say? Now, in 
in in in Jewish time around the time of Christ there is this Jewish literary device where rabbis would use extreme examples as a way of driving home a spiritual truth mm. and it was understood by the people listening to these stories that these examples these sayings were not meant to be taken literally so the hearers who were hearing this would say what he's saying by turning the other cheek is a way of telling us that we should under no circumstance go after seeking revenge against the other person. So rabbis use these extreme examples. Mm -hmm. Another example of this in the Bible is where Jesus used the same literary device uh, to say that we... If, so, if your right hand offend you, you right. should cut, cut it, it off. off. But I don't see a lot of one-handed Christians <laughs> no. going going around. And I, and I know many of us have been have done things that are wrong. Is it that we're being disobedient? <laughs> right. So in the same way that Jesus does not expect you to cut your hand mm. off if you do something wrong, that was just a figurative way of saying that you shouldn't let anything stop you from getting into the kingdom. Right. Cut yourself away from anything that prevents you. So this turning of the other cheek doesn't mean literally if you're in an abusive relationship, just continue to let yourself be abused. Because I think that those kind of relationships can be very devastating to even your spiritual state. Absolutely. So we are not advocating by any means that women should allow themselves to be abused. If you're being abused, seek help. This is not what we are saying. But I am saying that even even the way that you leave a relationship mm -hmm. like that can be a way of doing good to the person. You don't have to be vicious and mean in no. breaking away. You can do this in a way that's very uh, that that's very compatible with what we are talking about here today. And so, is there uh, anything that you would like to to say um, in ending this show that would help someone that would have Yes. This kind of issue, revenge issues. Here's another story that, that, that came to mind when I was preparing for this show. And it's the story of Ahitopel. Many of us might not know who Ahitopel was, but Ahitopel is Bathsheba's grandfather. She was also the counselor of King David, the, the trusted advisor of King David. And we're told in the, in the biblical passage in in 2 Samuel 17.23, that Ahitophel actually ended up hanging himself. Mm -hmm. And Ahitophel hanged himself because he had come up with this plot to help Absalom overthrow David. David. And when he saw that Absalom was not heeding to his advice and that King David was indeed going to survive and that what he had done in trying to betray David was going to come to light, he actually hanged himself. So you're saying, what does this have to do with what we are talking about mm. today? Many scholars believe that Ahitophel was carrying... Uh, grievance was carrying revenge in his heart for David for many years mm -hmm. for what he did to his grandfather and her husband Uriah by getting Uriah killed and by and by getting Bathsheba pregnant. So just imagine that many, many years have passed. Some scholars believe that maybe over 20 years had passed by this time and still this man was plotting in his heart 
to overthrow David while at the same time uh, pretending that he was his friend. And uh, we see that this led to his demise. So again, another example from scripture that we should not try to seek revenge because it will literally destroy (laughs) destroy us so again when we talk about doing good it's important for us to, to to say that you can do good even the way you go about a breakup you can go about it in a way that you do good to the other person mm-hmm. you're generous mm-hmm. doing good does not mean that you make yourself a doormat so there's one other thing that i would like to to yes. say about this as well because i think there are ways in which the scriptures are used by leaders sometimes that are very abusive. Mm. And I think the the scripture in the Old Testament where David uh, said that he would not by any means touch the Lord anointed. Anointing. I think it's First mm-hmm. Samuel 26 10 where David says the Lord forbid that I should lay my hand on the Lord anointed. So mm. here we have a scenario where David being a skilled warrior could actually uh, harm or even kill Saul, who was trying to 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 hurt him or was trying to kill him, and even though he had many advantages, David did not seek revenge. He said, "I will not put my hand on the, Lord the Lord's anointed. anointed." And in that yeah. same passage, David explained that God will deal with Saul appropriately yes. for what he has done yes. to him. David says, "Maybe he'll die in battle, or maybe something else will happen." But he's not going to. His demise is not going to happen at my hand. So he had this trust in God that he, he was not being weak and, he, and and Saul was not getting away, getting off right. the hook by him not taking revenge, but that God is right. in control. So in essence, I, is it that he's realizing that this is not his problem anymore. He's giving he's it given, over he's given it to over, the Lord. He's given it over yeah. to the Lord. Mm. Yes. But I think there are some leaders who, who use this scripture to do very wrong things to their congregation. I am the Lord anointed and you can't challenge me in anything uh, that I yes. do. If, even if I'm having adulterous affairs, I am the Lord anointed and you can't take any disciplinary mm-hmm. action against me. This is not what that scripture is about by any means. I think there are times when you need a Nathan to come to the Lord's anointed and to say, thus says the Lord. And it's important for us to understand that when we talk about scriptures like this, like not touching the Lord anointed and not seeking revenge, we are not by any means saying that you you should condone sin and let sin parade as holiness in your your church circles. And it's important for us to, to keep that in mind. So we're almost out of time today, and there's one thing I want to remind our listeners, and that is that our upcoming retreat is just uh, about a month away, Mm -hmm. and it will be held the 8th to the 10th of November at Providence Point in Lanark. So if you would like to get a good opportunity to work through pain that you might have been carrying because you have been wronged by someone and you're ruminating on it and you're saying, yes, Michael, I hear you. I hear what you're saying, but I just can't Mm. do it. I am in too much pain. This retreat is a fantastic opportunity for you to get away and get the help because sometimes we need help Mm -hmm. to be able to Forgive. So we're not trying to minimize your pain here. We're just saying sometimes 
it is not easy to do the things that we have talked about in the show. As we wrap up today, we want to remind you how you can get a hold of us again, one 544 or you can go to our website, elimcounselingministry.com. Elim is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. And I want to thank you so much for being with us on this episode of the Life Transformation Show. Remember that we are on the air every Monday morning from 9.30 a.m. Remember also that you can access the shows that we have done in the past or maybe you have missed the first part of this show and you'd like to listen to the full podcast. You can access this show through our YouTube channel by going to our website, elimcounselingministry.com. And so until next time, this is your host, Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services and Bettina Davilmar praying together that God would bless you in all your relationships and to keep you sound in mind and pure in heart.